Shalom Lechem Rabbi Sai. Before we begin talking about the parsha, I just wanted to mention a special thank you to all the alumni that participated so beautifully in the matching campaign that we ran this week. Kashmokhu should bench you all, but you should always be on the side of being able to give, never to have to take. And with the Shem to have the Swiss to be able to be machzik and to continue the spreading of Torah many, many years to come. As we advance in Sefer Shmais, <clears throat> this week we come to Parshish Kisisa. Parshish Kisisa talked about the mitzvah of Shabbos. The Pasuk says, Hayem Hashem al-Moshe leima ra'ata da'be'a b'nei Yisrael leima ach es shabsosa tishmeru tishmeru that Kosh Baruch tells Moshe to tell Kral Yisrael that just my Shabbos should be kept. That is a sign between myself and you, throughout the generations. But that's Kani Hashem that I am Hashem that made you holy, holy. And the pasuk tells us how important it is to keep Shabbos, and someone who's mechal Shabbos is chayv misa. And the pasuk tells us the Shabbos lasts to the Shabbos the rest of Yisraelim. Chal Yisrael should keep Shabbos to do Shabbos and to keep Shabbos for the generations as a a treaty forever. As we said again, between Hashem and Chal Yisrael, a sign forever. Remind us that for six days Hashem created the world. And on the seventh day, he made a day of rest. Now we see that there's an Indian of Shamru Bnei Sashavas and as Ach Sashavas Tishmayu. Ach as Shabsai Sai Tishmayu. And we see that there's a special bracha to the Kayach of Shabbos. There's a Medrash. The Medrash says in Bereshit's Rabbah, Amr Shabbos to Tnei HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shabbos came in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and said HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The the master of the world, every single day of the week has a partner. And I don't have a partner. I'm not paired up with anyone. Right? Sunday has Monday, Tuesday has Wednesday, Thursday has Friday. But Shabbos doesn't have a partner, doesn't have a, a spouse. Will be your spouse. Now, what does that mean? You know, the idea of Klai Yisrael being our spouse, being the spouse of Shabbos, that there's a special schus that Shabbos is able to come through for Klai Yisrael. Zarekhadish says that whenever a person has a Zarekhasha that's on a person, the schus of Shabbos has the power to be able to come and to uh, speak up for him and to, and to try to be able to battle the Zaira. But it really depends how the person treats Shabbos and how he keeps Shabbos. He's Mechabit Shabbos. Like we find in, in, uh, in the case of Shalom Bayes, that when a husband and wife are Mechabit each other, so then the wife can go ahead and speak up for the husband to save her husband. But if the husband's not being Mechabit his wife, then when the wife is going to come to speak up for her husband, it's not going to have any effect over there because 
you know, what is she the, the, not going to impress anybody because you see there's no respect between the two of them. Same thing with Shabbos. When we show that covet to Shabbos, that respect to Shabbos, that we're experiencing and living Shabbos, then that's something which winds up being a protection for us. Like Rizal says that uh, the Perk of the Hill that we say about the Bon Shabbos, we say Hashem Molach Geus Lavesh. And the Rizal says the ICS of Geus Lavesh really spell out the, the letters of uh, Geus Lavesh, if you take them, they spell out the words Shabbos Goyal. Shabbos is the Redeemer. Shabbos is the Kayach to be able to take a person out of all his difficulties and all his challenges. And if a person has that Mesira Snefesh, he has that a will to want to keep Shabbos, then he's protected, he doesn't have to worry. You know, there's two stories that I saw in the Sefer Sasfa One story he brings from the time of the of the Holocaust. There was a <clears throat> there was a um, Holocaust survivor that told of a story that when he was in the in the ghetto, so there was a yid. His name was Rav Meir Shikman, and this yid in the ghetto he, he was a gerachasid, and he was mechazik all the all the all the people there that they should keep learning Torah. They have to keep with the Yiddish guy. Don't worry, if they're in the ghetto, they shouldn't stop to keep their avodas Hashem. And at one point. This, um, this, uh, you know, they went from the ghetto, and after three years, they were sent to the camps. When we were in the camps, they were given every single day a portion of bread for their as, as their quota to be able to eat, and that's what really kept them to be able to be alive. Was that bread was what that sustained them to be alive? And when they would get that bread at the beginning of the day. Most people would eat it right away because they were afraid that the bread would be laying around. It being that everyone was starving over there, there was a possibility that someone might come and steal it. But this Rav Mayer, he was very makbid on Arab Shabbos not to eat his bread. And he would leave it around and he would keep it for Shabbos Kaidish that he'd be able to have a suit on Shabbos. One Arab Shabbos, he noticed that his bread was missing. And he was always so careful to the Chabbat Shabbos and what the Chabbat Shabbos and he really doesn't have his bread. So he thought to himself that in that camp, there was a Yid that uh, went against the Jews and connected himself to the Germans until the point that they decided to make him in charge of the Jews because they would get information from him and he would, you know, be very difficult to the to the Jews. He even would wear German German a German uniform and uh, he would make difficulty for the Jews. But he was a Jew. And this Rav Meir came to him and he turned to him and he said, you know, you know, uh, he said to his friend, I'm going to go over to this, to this Yid and I'm going to ask him for bread. Because he has connection. Maybe he'll be able to get me a little, little more bread, you know, because mine was stolen. So the, this Rav Meir comes over to, it's a defense of telling you, you're crazy. It's not a good idea. He's a, uh, He's a, he's he work against us. We're going to be in such trouble. This is kind of It's not worth it. Don't bother. He said, "I never, I never gave up on Shabbos. I always had to cover for Shabbos. I'm going to do what I have to do." And he comes to him and he says, "Listen, my bread was stolen, and I was saving it so I could have a suda tonight for Shabbos. It was very, very important for me to have it. And it would be possible to get me a little bit more bread." You know, unbelievably, they were shocked to see that all of a sudden this. 
this person who was so difficult all of a sudden softened up and something just ticked over there the pintle yid just ticked over there and he turned to him and he said you know what not only am I going to make sure you get some bread I'm going to make sure you have bread for the whole Shabbos and he went into the kitchen and he brought out two big loaves of bread and he gave it to this sort of mayor and he said take this and you can have this what you need that was enough for him and for all the other yid that were inside the camp that Shabbos to be able to be taken care of. And we keep Shabbos. We worry about Shabbos. Shabbos protects us. Shabbos takes care of us. And Shabbos watches out for us. We don't have to be afraid. You know, there's <clears throat> another story that I saw. There's a, there's a maggot shear for Dafyami that was giving a shear on Elad. And in his shear in Elad, there's a, there's a city in Eretz Yisrael. There was a Yid who was a Balchuva. His name was Aaron. And this Aaron was one time talking, you know, by the Shear, telling over the story about what happened to him before, you know, when he, you know, when he was younger. He said after his father passed away, his father was a very wealthy person that left over for him in his Jerusha, his inheritance. He had a very big piece of land that was two dunam of land in Ranana, which is, you know, the land was very valuable. And there came a certain point where he decided that he wants to sell that piece of land because he has to make a little bit of money, you know. And he decided he's going to sell this month, this land for a million and a half dollars. Now he got a real estate agent involved and the person told him, you're out of your mind. That's, that's, that's a crazy amount of money that you want to sell it for. So listen, this is what I decided that I want to be able to <clears throat> sell for him. A person doesn't want to pay the price. He doesn't have to buy the piece of land. This is what I'm selling you for. And one other thing I just want to let you know is that um, I'm not going to do any business with this land on Shabbos. I'm a religious Jew now, and I keep Shabbos, and I don't have to deal with this on Shabbos Bechlal, so don't bring me any business. I don't want anything to be sold on Shabbos Kaidish. Two months went by. Three months went by. Nobody was you know, coming up with anything. So he decided to to lower the price from a million and a half to a million three hundred. But this is also not getting any attraction. One Shabbos, he went to David in Shul. When he came back, his wife said, you know, it was interesting. I saw the <coughs> real estate agent here today with uh, some some prospective buyer. And he was showing him the area of the land. And then he, she heard him tell the, the, uh, you know, t- tell the person who's coming, right, that the sell of this land, he doesn't sell on Shabbos, right? He doesn't sell the land on Shabbos, so you're not going to be able to say anything to him about it now. But it's good for you to come now and take a look and see what, see what we have over here, so you know what it's talking about. And if you're interested, we'll, you know, come back after, but you know, don't, don't, don't go over to him, don't approach him, he's not going to want to, you know, he's not going to want to sell it to you. But, you know, let's come take a look. On Sunday Shabbos, the real estate agent called him on the phone. And he said, by the way, you should just know that I found someone that's ready to buy your piece of land for a million and a half dollars, like you want, like you want it. Right? But the only thing is, um, <clears throat> the uh, owner told him that, uh, you know, listen, I'm very nice of you that you found me somebody that's willing to buy a piece of land. But I happen to know that you came here to show him the piece of land on Shabbos. And I don't want to have anything to do with the piece of land that you were dealing with and, and speaking about and arranging and working on Shabbos. I don't feel like there's anything good that's going to come out of that. I'm not willing to sell. 
So the real estate agent got very, very frustrated at the at the owner. He says, you know, you're being very, very, very much of a fanatic. You're taking things to another level over here. And I, and the, and the spell Shuba said, but I decided I'm keeping Shabbos 100%. I'm not playing any games. I'm not going to, here I keep Shabbos here. I don't keep Shabbos this thing. I keep it so I don't. The pressure of money changes in the halacha. I wasn't willing to forfeit anything. At night, I went to sleep. And all of a sudden, I had a dream. And my father came to me in the dream and he says, you know, regarding that piece of land that you, that you got as an inheritance from me, right? Um, he asked me, you know, are you looking to sell it? So I told him, yeah, I am actually looking to sell it. Right? He says, I'll tell it. So my father told me, by the way, you could sell it, but I'm just telling you, don't sell it for less than two million. And when I heard this, you know, the, the real estate agent was screaming at me about a million and a half, right? Now I'm going to put it up to two million. So I didn't really take it too seriously. But when I had this dream the next night and the night afterwards, I started to realize there's something going on over here. That, you know, uh, you know that, uh, that might, that's something, you know, I'm going to shemaim here. Sure enough, the husband, the the you know, field agent calls him up on the phone and starts telling him, I found someone from Canada, he's very, very wealthy, and he's willing to buy it. Before he even had a chance to finish the statement, I told him, just let him know that I changed my mind. <coughs> I decided I don't want to sell it anymore for a million and a half. <coughs> I want to sell it for two million. And the real estate agent said, are you out of your mind? But where, you, where are you going? You know, I told you, it's for that. Look how long it took over here. You're not going to get it anyway for $2 million. So listen, this is what I decided. This is what I want. If he doesn't want it, he doesn't have to buy it. After a couple of days, the real estate agent pulls him back. He says, listen, he's a very wealthy person. And he really wants this piece of land because it connects to other things that he wants. And he's ready to go ahead and give it to you for to take care of you for two million. So the lima that we have from the safe from this story is that you know he for sure could have found a heter. He could have found some type of leniency to be able to allow him to be able to do the deal. But he was so devoted to Shabbos, so much loving Shabbos, that he wasn't willing to forfeit or to offend <coughs> Shabbos in any aspect. Shabbos came through in the end. Shabbos protects us. Shabbos watches over us. And we don't have to worry about it. And sometimes our messianess that we wind up having, that we want to see if there's a real relationship, just like in marriage. When a husband and wife want to know if there's really a connection between them, when they're through, with each other through the challenges, through the things which are more, more difficult, and they're there with the same level of connection and respect for each other, that's something that shows the more powerful connection. That's sometimes when we have certain challenges we come on Shabbos, if we hold strong, that gives us the ability, that built the love and connection that we have more and more to Shabbos. But Shabbos is that protection to us. We should all be zeichet to have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos that we can experience and be able to take that and to build our connection to Shabbos. And the Shabbos should be a shmir for all of us to help us throughout all different types of situations. Klai Yisrael definitely needs Yeshua's right now. Maybe each person works in some way to hazik their Shabbos. To, so that's why sometimes they give takanas to start Shabbos a little bit earlier or to just make sure that our Shabbos is the proper ruach. And with that, that should be a schus for the whole Kai Yisrael to bring us to the Gula Shleimah B'Karif. Everyone should have a wonderful Shabbos and go to work.